So, John, have you ever had a near-death experience involving extreme weather? Oh, yes, Harry, I have, as a matter of fact. Uh, a few years ago... <laughs> we need to work on our tones of voice to make this sound less prepared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is all completely off the cuff. We never prepare anything. Always. Always. Um, yeah, a few years ago, I went on holiday to Sweden, mm-hmm. uh, where I went on a night out and had my coat stolen by a drag queen, which is a whole other story. Um, this was in Great. February, so this is winter in Stockholm, and I genuinely thought I was going to die. I have never been so cold in my entire life. Like, I'm surprised, I'm genuinely surprised I didn't lose a nipple. Wow, cracky. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, joining me as always is John. Hello. And this week we are starting our brand new season, Disaster Movie June. Yeah, I mean it's no Glen Close Spring, but you know, we'll do what we can. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I think this is going to be a good time. No, I'm enjoying I'm looking forward yeah. to this. This is something we've talked about for a while. Yes. I'm excited for it. I'm glad it's finally here. So. Yes. Yeah. My only concern is I hope they don't all get a bit too samey. Yeah, because I've been I've been thinking about what my next choice is going to be, and like, there's a lot that's just like weather. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the sequel writing could be challenging in particular because yeah, it's a mm. lot of the same stuff to kind of follow up on. But mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll uh, it'll test us. We'll see how we yeah, do. Yeah, we'll we'll work on it. Yeah. Um, so I'll see. This week is Geostorm. Yes. Um, and I I don't think that this season is just going to be natural disasters. No, season. we can mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've um, set the tone now, so it's up to you. So you yeah. set you've set a great tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was this is fantastic. This is exactly the sort of film that I wanted to be doing on the season. Same, same. So, uh, well done. Why don't you tell us about this film then, John? Okay, well, I had never seen this film before. No. So what, my main reason for choosing it was I really wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. I was looking for a good opportunity. And what mm-hmm. better than this? You have seen it, though. Yeah. I remember distinctly, you went to the cinema to see this. And I remember, I'm sure I remember at the time, you raving about this film. Oh, it was fantastic. You had a really good time with this film. <laughs> I, I love films like this. Yeah, that's fair. I'll be honest, so did I. Yeah. I had a lot of fun watching this. Yeah. This film is so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It is one of the most aggressively dumb films I've ever seen in my life. I love films that are so stupid, but also take themselves really seriously. Exactly, exactly. It's my favourite kind of bad movie. I don't think that anybody was expecting to win an Oscar in this. No. But nobody was, like, not trying their best. No. Well, I couldn't figure out what this film was. Even, like, was. Ed Harris, for example. No, yeah. Like, he's still doing very standard Ed Harris. Oh, he was... Yeah, that's it. You've got a couple of, like, serious actors in this who are mm. clearly here for the paycheck. Yeah. And then you've got your Gerard Butler, you know. Mm. I realised watching this film, I have never seen a Gerard Butler film before. No? No. Okay. I was, obviously, I know who he is. He's very famous. Because mm. I've never seen 300. Mm-hmm. And what else has he done? I've never seen London is Falling. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's done that. And Olympus is Falling I've never seen well. Olympus. It, none of the Falling franchises have passed my way. Mm-hmm. Cool, yeah, well, that's that's all I've seen of him. So. Yeah, this is my introduction to Gerard Butler and his... Thoughts? Very thick neck. Yeah, yeah. Distractingly thick neck. It's like, <laughs> just watching scenes of, like, people, people dying and explosions and exposition, whatever, and I, I just kept thinking, damn, that's a thick neck. Like, it had his own, like, crease. His neck had a mouth. Yep. And it had its own creases. It was bizarre, yeah. <laughs> He's a strange man. He is, yeah. I enjoyed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly, certainly. He seems to be kind of a 
beefier Jason Statham. Mm. That's the vibe I was guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe slightly less of a twinkle in his eyes. I'm not sure how much. He must have known. Known. That this this film was ridiculous. Oh, I, think, I imagine so. He is perfectly cast, though. Mm. And well, ev- every film he does, he is pretty much perfectly cast because he just plays the exact same character. Mm. He's perfectly cast for a movie of this calibre. Exactly, yeah. Is he perfectly cast as the man who invented the science that saved the world? <laughs> Maybe not. Well, we didn't see that happening, so... No, we did not, no. No, the, the adventure that you've thrown into, that works. Yeah, for the adventure, yes. For his backstory, I no. have questions. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I really wanted to see a backstory of him just, like, doing all the coding and you know, going to some MIT, some really highbrow kind of university. Mm-hmm. That's not the backstory I imagined for this character. So no, like, no he's, he, he's very much somebody to punch somebody on a spaceship. Yeah, That's... he's just a big old jock. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jake Lawson have uh, sent in here in room twelve. Lawson, you the Dutch boy guy, right? Yeah, man, I need to shake your hand. Oh, okay. Tornado, zap, blizzard, zap, monsoon, zap, zap. Everybody down here owes you, Jake Lawson. If you need anything, you just ask. Should we get dive straight into a plot summary? Yeah, go for it. Great. So, yes, Geostorm is set in the present? I'd say slight future. Well, the film came out like two years ago, and mm. I believe it was delayed by about two or three years from between filming and release because mm. well, it was a big old bomb. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And everyone knew, oh God, this is never going to work. It just got <laughs> passed around. So, yeah, Geostorm is set in 2019. Okay. It's, well, it's part of it is I was confused. So we open with this opening monologue from what turns out to be Gerard Butler's daughter, mm-hmm. which initially threw me because she's not really a character in the film. No, <laughs> it was so, such a bizarre choice to give her the opening monologue. Mm. But regardless, she kind of does this whole thing about climate change, about how we underestimated it, and suddenly it all fell to shit literally in the space of like a week or something like mm-hmm. suddenly well the day after tomorrow happened the day after tomorrow happened yeah. <laughs> my favorite she does does all these incredible stats like you know the waters rose you know the ice caps mm. melted all this kind of stuff that we're always warned about and mm-hmm. stuff and then it said over two million people were killed in a heat wave in madrid yeah. in a single day yeah <laughs> it's like that is a film yeah, yeah <laughs> two God. million people died in madrid in a heat wave in a day look at the population of madrid because i'd be wouldn't be surprised if it's less than two million i don't know it's a capital city Madrid population is okay, 3.1 million. That's two thirds of the population yeah. <laughs> wiped up in a single day just because it gets super hot. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's the level of science that we're working at in this film, mm-hmm. though, I feel. So basically, climate change went haywire in 2019. Millions died. And then at some point after that, humanity developed a system to control the climate from space, mm-hmm. to control the weather and to protect the world from climate change. Yeah. This hu- virus, huge... Network s- of network satellites. Of, yeah, network of interconnected satellites. Mm. Like, it's not just huge, it's incredibly huge, like, how the scale of it. Yeah, Because, like, I- they're, they're all fairly close, like, close-knit together. Mm-hmm. Like, when they launch a spaceship through it at one point, when Dread Battle goes to space, like, you pretty much have to squeeze through the <laughs> different satellites. There must be millions of those things all around the globe. Yeah, that's what I wondered, because, it, yeah, it was like knitwear or something. It was just yeah. like, it was all stitched together. I was just thinking, where is the budget for this? Yeah, I yeah. get all the countries to come together to do this, but even then... Yeah, how like, long has <laughs> it taken them? Mm. Where did this technology come from? While the planet is 
literally being ravaged by horrible disasters that's going to fuck all the, all the global economies up, you know. Mm-hmm. There's going to be massive recession, people are dying, and somehow they've managed to pull it together. And how long did it take them to build all these and set it all up and develop it from scratch in 2019? Yeah. Why not just set it in, like, 2055? Yeah. It was <laughs> such a bizarre choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they could still give excuses for why they're still using, like, you know, an iPhone 7. Because, like, yeah. well, yeah, Apple started helping with satellites and stopped making phones. Yeah, and we've been so, stuck with this. <laughs> yeah, we're, like, that technology just kind of froze. I think you've hit on something there, actually. I do think the reason they kept it relatively modern is that so they could squeeze in all the product placement that is in this film yeah we will talk. this film will get the, we'll get there this film features maybe my favourite piece of product placement I've ever seen in any movie ever and okay. I'm sure you picked up on it too yeah um, but we'll get to it when it comes mm-hmm. so um, yeah because the little girl is who's 13 years old in the film mm. something like that and she's monologuing as if she remembers the day when Madrid got yeah <laughs> Remember that terrible day. And yet she's also 13 at this point when all the satellites are up and running mm-hmm. and the planet has been restored to some measure of normality. Mm. So how, what year are we in for the majority of this film? I don't know. Is it 2021, 2025? I don't know, because honestly there's a three years later business. Yes, but three years later from what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> None of the time jumps made any sense. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, well, we arrive at a certain point after the 2019 apocalypse disaster, climate mm-hmm. change, mm-hmm. shit goes down. Yeah. So the system that they invented was called... Dutch, Dutch Boy. Boy. Well, they actually say... And again, this really sets the tone. It's like, they gave it a technical name, but everyone just called it Dutch Boy. Yeah. Like, they never even say once what the technical name <laughs> no, was. <Like>, no. <laughs> you'd think they'd say, oh, sure, they're gonna, they could say, like, you know, it was system 48725. Or something, mm. I don't know. But everyone just called it Dutch Boy for short. Yeah. You know, fine, okay, that's movie speak. Like, they would never give it, like, a, a technical name. Like, it would, it would be called something like Apollo 13. Sure. Or, like, SpaceX. Yeah. Or, you know, just just anything like that, like... Falcon Heavy, that's one they do. They, 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 no, no, that's literally one of the Elon Musk's things. Oh, apparently. okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I mean, his naming things are ridiculous. But, okay. you know, things have names. Okay, sure. Things yeah. don't have just, like, serial numbers. Okay, well, sure. But still, Dutch Boy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, she says that really blithely, oh, you know, it's named after that fairy tale about the, the Dutch Boy who plugged up the dike. I was like, I have never heard of that folk story in my life. No, yeah, yeah, same. And also, like, well, how is that relevant here? Mm. Like, where, where's the similarity? I guess the idea is that they plugged the gap in the climate. I mean, it's a re- it's a reach. It's a big reach. It's not like they said, you know, Operation Hansel and Gretel, or you know, Operation Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Yeah, which I would have liked. <laughs> yeah, that, that's also probably a bit more close to what's happening. It is, doesn't it? Bibbidi Boo, and it's snowing. Yes, yeah. it felt like that's what they were doing. <laughs> oh, I wish they'd call it Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Just keep saying that constantly. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, they go with this obscure folk tale. Someone sent a virus to Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need the kill codes for Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo right now. <laughs> oh, man. They found a way to neutralize the storms with a net of thousands of satellites, each deploying countermeasures designed to impact the basic elements of weather heat, pressure, and water. All overseen by the International Space Station. It gave the satellite net a technical name, but we all came to call it Dutch Boy, after the story of the child who plugged a dam with his finger. Yeah, so the guy who invented the Dutch Boy system mm-hmm. is a guy called Jake something or other, played by Gerard Butler. Yep. So it's years later, the system's in check, the planet is pretty much stable. Mm-hmm. The Dutch Boy system is run by the United States, but they're about to hand mm-hmm. over to an international... Yeah. 
I've assumed, I've, I've assumed the UN, but the UN uh, or some yeah, kind whatever. of cooperative, so that the entire planet can kind of monitor it together. Yeah, and so we open, and he's gone to some kind of hearing. Yeah, well, firstly, I, I never quite understood why it was owned and run by the US. No, because they explicitly said like US and China, all the countries came together and like it's a big international effort. Yeah, not just US and China, like everybody. But they say US, the US, led by the US and China. Okay, sure. But so, yes, but yeah, so, so, so then does China have a say in this currently? Apparently not. No, it's just the US. Yeah, again. It's just the US, even yeah. though it was built by everybody yeah. and run by the International Space Station, which is very specifically an international crew. Well, also, they say the entire planet came together to build this thing, but the film kind of leads you to believe that this was literally built by this one guy. Yeah, he's the yeah. only guy who knows anything about it. Yeah. There's nobody else who knows how this shit works. Just him. Like, well, there's the, the new like engineer who's... On the ship. Oh, like, like, Yeah, which we'll get to later, yeah. I'm sure, but yeah. Um, carry on. So we open with Gerard Butler. I'm just going to call him Gerard Butler. Yeah. Jake. He's at some kind of hearing. Mm. What for? It's because he turned Dutch Boy on without authorization. Oh, yeah, okay. Because it was ready to go, and there was a storm brewing somewhere, and he, he reckons he saved tens of thousands of lives. Oh, that's it. But he did it without authorization. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So he's in trouble, basically, for yeah. saving tens of thousands of lives. Yeah. So this this whole scene is just set up to establish him as, like, a maverick, you know, because mm-hmm. he, he's shouting down this US senator who's like, you should have asked for permission first. Mm-hmm. And there's the line that was in the trailers as well of just, like, Joe Butler, you're late. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I came straight from space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, like, again, in the two years between 2019 and this, space is not like a taxi ride. It's Pretty just, much, yeah. You can be there and back in an hour. Yeah. Like, like, I loved the bit later in the film where he gets sent up to space. It's actually an entire spaceship, you know, which is practically like a bus. It's got, like, space for 50, 70 people on it or something. And, and it's just, just on him. his own. Yeah. Just him. Just so like, cl- wow, what a use of resources. Exactly. We clearly learned nothing like, about the causes behind climate change. Yeah. Here. The amount of waste. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So anyway, he gets into it with this whole this senator because he, he won't back down. All, all the while, his brother is in the wings. Yeah, just sort of texting, texting him like, Fiori. "Stop! Yeah, like, stop doing this right now." Because he's just like mouth backing basically. Yeah, and he basically, despite the fact that he literally saved humanity, because he's a bit <laughs> sassy with this senator, he gets fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by his own brother, like by he, his own brother, his brother yeah. is forced to fire him. Yeah. So the brother. This is another problem I had with this film. What is the age gap supposed to be between Gerard Butler and his younger brother? Um, anywhere between five and twenty-five years. I would have believed it more if they'd said he was his son. Yeah, it really felt like the gap <laughs> yeah. was so big, especially because they keep referencing, "Oh, we, we, when we were kids, we had our secret code." So, like, yeah, you'd think, okay, so there's maybe three to five years tops between them. But I mean, he really looks like his son, right? Mm. There's a huge age gap there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old the actor was, but they look like twenty years minimum apart. Well, let's look it up, shall we? Okay, fact checks with Harry, part three. Gerard Butler is born in 1969. Okay. And Jim Sturgis... Is he famous for anything? He's born in 1978. So, 69 to 78? Oh, so it's less than 10 years. Yeah. Wow, okay, they styled them in a way that they looked much bigger age gap than that. Uh, Jim Sturgis is from 21, Across the Universe, which I think is a Beatles thing, Cloud Atlas... And then Geostorm. So no. No. Gerard Butler's younger brother works for the government mm-hmm. in some kind of vaguely defined role. Yes. Related to Dutch boy. But he outranks his older brother. Again, yeah. even though his old brother literally saved humanity, mm-hmm. he gets fired and their relationship is then strained. And then Gerard Butler goes back to... Living in a... Living in a trailer. In a trailer somewhere. And... Despite the fact that he must be... Like, how wealthy? 
He saved humanity. Yeah. He should be shit. He should have Elon Musk money. He should be the richest person on the planet. Yeah, but no, he's just drinking beer in a trailer park. Somewhere. I mean, it looked like a pretty souped up trailer. Mm. Lots of lots of solar panels and stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, questionable. Mm-hmm. So he goes off to, you know, stew for a few years. So then we cut to a few years later and some things start to go wrong with Dutch Boy. Mm-hmm. The first one is when Afghani- in Afghanistan, I think. There's a village in, in Afghanistan, yeah. yeah. And the, army, the UN army go in with mm-hmm. their machine guns. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they're expect- expecting to fight since it's a weather problem, but whatever. Um, you make a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like a small, peaceful village, didn't it? Yeah, it really did. Mm. And it's basically like become Narnia. Mm. Like the White Witch is coming and like everyone's frozen to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Statues. And- Which also... Pegs the question, like, why did that actually happen, that one there? Because, like, all the other stuff later in the film, I get. Mm-hmm. Like, it's building towards a geostorm, which we'll discuss. But this, was this part of the bad guy's plan? Just to, like, one small little village in Afghanistan. It's not like it's whatever the capital of Afghanistan is. Sure, yeah. It's just, like, just a tiny, tiny yeah, little bit. Just to, sort of, just to give a clue. Yeah, yeah, just like, leave some breadcrumbs. Yeah. Maybe maybe he was like, maybe they did that as like a test case. Like, okay, what would happen if we disabled one? And then they, mm. so they could, I mean, they never justify this, but maybe it's like if, it, if they do this and then they'll they'll f- try and figure out how to cause the chain reaction that's going to cause the geostorm. Yeah, maybe, I guess. That's the only thing I can think yeah, of. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm giving this film a lot of credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've got to give these things benefit of the doubt. Exactly, so exactly. It's the only way you can enjoy them. Yeah. So yeah, that happens in Afghanistan. So it's our first little inkling that something's going wrong. Mm-hmm. And then back on Dutch Boy itself, we see uh, a character called Mahmoud mm-hmm. looking very sweaty and shifty. Mm-hmm. He copies something surreptitiously from a scan of a satellite. I think the satellite that failed in Afghanistan. Yeah, so the way that they have to get the data from these satellites is not through any kind of wireless technology, because mm-hmm. that'd be too modern. The satellites have to sort of eject essentially a large computer core yeah. to go to the International Space Station and then the ISS has to send a new one back. Like, it's all very physical and That's mechanical. Right. And like, what's wrong with just, you know, like, descending it over the internet? Yeah, this film really played fast and loose with technology, didn't it? Yeah. Like, they've got like hollow pads or whatever yeah 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 <laughs> but they but wi-fi no that's that that that's that's died to death somewhere, somewhere along the line yeah yeah so there's a lot of like just chasing down hard drives <laughs> yeah right. a lot of that in this film <laughs> i didn't pick up on that but you're absolutely right yeah, yeah. so matt mood is trying to like get the file hide the files he hides the files in his locker and then he gets blasted into space and killed mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's so something is afoot. Definitely, mm-hmm. there's some kind of conspiracy. Yep, that we're not quite sure what's happening. Yep. So Gerard Butler is talked into returning to Dutch Boy to kind of figure out what's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. So as we mentioned, he flies up on his own. Mm-hmm. He gets an entire spaceship to himself. Mm-hmm. Goes up to the ship, and nobody seems to recognize him. It's weird, isn't it? He invented this entire system. Yeah. And all of the people who work there, a lot of them are his team. It's weird that the doorman at the start recognised him. But none of the people who are working on the mm. system that he built and oversaw. Mm. He should be, like, more famous than Elon Musk and Steve Jobs combined. Mm. Like, he should... He's literally saved the planet. I keep repeating it. He saved the planet. Yeah. Everyone should know. Nobody nobody recognises him oh. at all. Maybe it's because he's aged so badly. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes. Because right. that's a whole thing. Mm. <laughs> Even though he looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Mr. Jake Lawson. You're Jake Lawson? THE Jake Lawson? You look much older than I would have thought. I, I mean, you look 
good, but your, your physical appearance is not, does not match the, the, the amount of time that has elapsed in your life. Am I getting fired? So he's on the spaceship now. He meets up with the new captain of the ship, who is called Uta. Mm-hmm. Uta Fassbender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. I know sort of running through this. Everyone in this film is like referred to by their nationality first, in a very weird way. When he's introduced to Uta, he says, "Oh, I remember you. You're the German scientist." Oh yeah, I remember him saying that. <laughs> and then, so he meets her, and then he gets introduced to the other crew, which include uh, Robert Sheeran from is it Sheeran? Mm-hmm. Or from she- Mo- Sheehan. Robert Sheehan from Mortal Engines. Mm-hmm. Doing some kind of very broad Russell Brand impersonation, I thought. Yeah, it was it was one of many terrible accents in this it movie. It was like, is he British or is he Irish? He's Irish. Irish, okay, fine. Yeah, it was. He was really laid on thick. Like what mm. he was trying to do. Yeah, it was. It was definitely a choice was made. Yeah, but no, he he he's better when he's just doing his Irish sort of misfit kind of person. What accent did he do for Mortal Engines? Can you American. Was he American? Yeah, it okay. wasn't very. It wasn't very good. No, he was very badly cast in a very bad movie. Yeah, <laughs> twice. Yeah, twice. I've seen him in two films. It's been the same for both. So yeah. Have you watched Umbrella Academy? No, is he good in that? Yeah, he's really good. Is he Irish in that? Yep. Well, there you go. Yep. That's the secret. Clearly, these movies are not doing him any favors because he's really annoying in this. Mm. And again, he's like super hung up on his Britishness. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, great, an American. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a loyal British subject. It's like, the world nearly blew up. Are people still really hung up on nationality like this? Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's, like, he's like Mr. Nigel Farage up here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and you can tell he's rebellious because he's wearing short sleeves. Ah, yes. Everyone else is in like, everyone else is in uniform. And I'm like, this, is, this seems like a pretty slick operation. Put a shirt on. Yep. Put a jacket on, you yep. bitch. You're not really representing your country <laughs> very well, are you? I, of course, an American. Actually, my brother and I were born in the UK, but thank you. Yeah, but you've got the old stars and stripes on your arm there and cowboy look in your eye. Like, no offence, this is just a serious situation and the last thing we need is some Washington stooge to come and supervise us, do we, lads? Well, you got one, so how about we start with names and positions? Mm-hmm. Adisa, structural. Duncan Taylor, systems and OS analyst and loyal British subject. Hernandez, robotics. So the two brothers have like a video call with the president and Ed Harris, who is the Secretary of State. <laughs> the thing I loved about Ed Harris being in this movie, it's kind of how in Air Force One, when you're kind of introduced to all the cast at the start, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, Gary Oldman, well, there's the villain. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then like in this one, you're getting introduced to the cast, and, you know, random people I've not seen, and another person I've not seen, and, oh, it's Ed Harris, oh, at least I know who the villain is. Yeah, it wasn't a very shocking twist when no. Ed Harris turned out to be the villain. Like, come on, he's Ed Harris. Hmm. So Gerard Butler is trying to gather some information, which, as we've established, can only be done by physically grabbing a hard drive. Mm-hmm. So him and Uta, they go to try and retrieve one of the faulty satellites to kind of recover the hard drive or something. And somebody tries to kill them. Mm-hmm. The film becomes Gravity mm-hmm. for five minutes. Yep. Um, this film was a lot of different action movies, I noticed. It really was. It was like every 15 minutes, it was something else. Was like, oh, like first 15 minutes, oh, it's like Interstellar. Mm. Then it's, oh, it's like um, it's like Gravity. Then, oh, it's like Armageddon. And, yeah. Oh, it's a murder mystery for a bit. And it's like, yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Very strange. It's like a, just everything put into a blender. It's like, it's like a disaster movie smoothie. Mm. So yeah, someone tries to kill them. So it's clear that there's a conspiracy happening somewhere. Mm. So he has to somehow communicate this to his brother via video call without anyone else picking up on it. Mm-hmm. So he does that via the medium of a secret code. Yes, now the secret code was ridiculous. Because <laughs> it was kind of foreshadowed a little bit when they mentioned that they had a code that they had when mm. they were kids. Yeah. And then there's this, which is 
it's essentially if anybody was monitoring the conversations, they'd be like, oh, no, he's not giving away government secrets or anything. He's just talking about a really boring story about fishing. Yeah, putting a lot and, of weird emphasis on random words. <laughs> and, 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 and the brothers having no sort of reaction to that. But, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that's completely innocent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this, this is the thing, yeah. Yeah, he just tells this long, rambling story about fishing. Mm. But then he uses words that would never, ever be used in kind of stories like, oh, yeah, so I sabotaged the fishing line <laughs> and it was almost like a government conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and somehow they managed to crack that code, mm. <laughs> and it turns out like every, not every other word, there's like a sequence of numbers. Basically. It's, it's like their dad's mobile number. Yeah, that's the sequence of words. So it's like okay, start with well, oh seven eight or whatever. Like then so go seven words in. There's a word. Go eight words in. There's another word. Mm-hmm. So they figure out that what he's actually saying is that there's a conspiracy theory. Trust no one. And what I love though is that they went through this whole rigmarole with this code. And then he's like, great, I've cracked the code. He's telling me there's a conspiracy theory. Great, let's call him back. And then they drop the code completely. Yeah. The next scene, it's the same method of communication. Mm. So just as much chance of people listening in, but it's just like, oh yeah, so I've got your code. So there's a government conspiracy theory on. What are we going to do? Mm. <laughs> we need to get the president's kill code. And they talk about everything. Mm-hmm. Like they just drop it completely. Mm-hmm. It made me laugh so much. <laughs> <laughs> Take a look at the digits. Okay, you got your first number. That's your first word. Second number, nine, you move on nine words. That's your second word. Third number, nine again. Another nine, you move on. Then nine, then two, then nine, then five, and two, so on and so on until you get an entirely different message. So who came up with this encryption, a 12-year-old? No. I was 13. Okay. So one, nine, 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 two, nine, five, five, eight, seven, one, and go. Proof of sabotage at the highest level of government. Trust no one. Well, you said you were looking for action. Yeah, so it turns out that the computer system, the Dutch boy, has been infected with some kind of virus Mm -hmm. that's causing it to malfunction. Yeah. And what they need to do is somehow turn the... (laughs) They need to turn it off and on again, because it's the IT crowd, apparently, Yeah. to flush out the virus. Yes. Mm-hmm. They did give it a bit more explanation. They did say, like, turn it off and, you know, turn it on again so that when it flushes out, it goes to the like the default operating system or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it'll revert, essentially. Yeah. Um, it, it, it wasn't just like, well, fingers crossed, off and on again. No, no, they said it with a lot of confidence, but I just love yeah. that they boiled down to just, we just need to switch it off and on again. Yeah. It's basically what we need to do. This was also where I got the best bit of product placement in the film. Yeah. Did you? I mean, you must have spotted this, surely. Uh, remind me. So he, they're talking about how they need to turn the system on off again, and then the brother's like, well, go do it, you have my authority. Mm. And then Gerard Butler says, look, it's not like it's a Chromebook where you can just <laughs> press your finger to the button and it turns off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> says, I don't know. I don't know, says, John. It's like a Chromebook. Not like, not like, oh, it's not like a laptop. Specifically, mm. oh, it's not like a Chromebook where you just cast your finger over the button. It's and not it's, like a Google Chromebook for $200. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was like he always broke the fourth wall. Yeah. It's not too late. We can fix this before it happens again, but I can't do it on my own. I need you. I need you to tell me how they control the Dutch boy. I know how they're controlling it. How? A virus. Well, could you stop it? There's only one way. We can shut down Dutch boy temporarily. The reboot will flush out the system, kill the virus, and revert back to the fail-safe OS. Okay. Let's do it. And I'm authorizing. Yeah, I think we've established that I don't really wait for that. 
This isn't a Chromebook. You don't just put your finger on the power button. You need the kill codes. And the only one who has those is the president. So basically, he needs to figure out who's trying to kill him and Uta up on the spaceship. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the brother needs to get the kill codes off the president of the United States. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then the film just slows down a little bit and becomes a murder mystery. For like, mm-hmm. It becomes like an Agatha Christie, like Murder on the Orient Express. It's like, who killed Matt Mood? Mm. Remember Matt Mood who got blasted out into space in the first 10 minutes? Mm-hmm. We're going to spend a lot of time now on who killed him. Mm-hmm. Like, turns out no. it's Robert Sheehan, because mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. It's never brought to attention as to like why he's doing it. For like, the money. They say they do ask him, he says, for the, he got paid a huge amount of money. I don't know, okay. But then they're like, not unreasonably, then they're all like, well, what's the point of money if the planet literally dies? Yeah. He doesn't really seem to have an answer for that. No. No. <laughs> and then, so then there's fight, 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 and then he gets blasted out into space as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's a bit of a red herring. He's not really the true villain of this film. No, no, he's not. But basically, as a result of the virus, now, now they're in a situation where the system is failing so quickly that it's going to cause enough natural disasters to cause a chain reaction, which will cause a geostorm, mm-hmm. which is when enough natural disasters occur that they will independently trigger more natural disasters so there's no way to stop it and mm. basically it's going to cause an apocalyptic event. Pretty much, yeah. So that's what the ticking clock becomes. Yeah. And by the way, it's not just that the satellites aren't working anymore, they're actively causing these storms. Yes. Yeah, that's it. They're causing the storms, but if they cause enough storms, then the storms will become self-sustaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think is the- so like initially they try and start shutting down the satellites by just firing the... You know, essentially replacement hard drives at them like bullets. Yeah. Which they do over Rio and it saves some of Rio from, you know, being engulfed in a tsunami slash freeze wave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. It's with two things. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, it's a tsunami. Oh, destruct it. It's frozen already. Well, and now and now everybody's just going to get frozen at a relatively slow pace. Yeah. Basically, I think what they want, they were like, okay, we want a woman in a bikini running. Mm-hmm. She's got to be running from a wave, but that's too boring. Well, so. this is this is the great bit where they start, you know, with disasters happening all over the world. And then there's like, right, okay, his sea plots everywhere. Yeah. It's just like, here's one person you've got to care about for all of like a minute. Yeah. And everybody else is going to die around him, but this one person's going to survive. Oh, that boy got separated from his dog. What's going to happen now? Like, is the dog going to die? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Thank God that dog survived. I was really on top of Oh, and, and there's, that, there's that guy in Dubai as well. He's in a meeting or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, you can see the tidal wave coming. The building's falling over. What's going to happen next? Cut to black. Yeah. Meanwhile, millions <laughs> of people <them> will die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I feel like, do you think like Bikini Girl in Brazil did survive? Because she got hit by a lot of shrapnel. Yeah, I was thinking that. No blood, but she was hit by a lot of shrapnel with literally nothing covering her. Mm, she had a plane crash like metres away from yeah, her. Yeah, and then it all just hits her. Like, mm. And then we never see her again. I think she died. Mm. A horrible, horrible death. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, uh, yeah so the planet's full-on fucked at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, there's storms and explosions and tidal waves. And mm-hmm. it's the day after tomorrow meets Armageddon meets mm-hmm. all of them. Uh, so now the brother is, and his Secret Service girlfriend, first of all, they need to get the kill codes from the president. Mm-hmm. Because even though the world is literally on fire, the like again nobody's acknowledging it. The no, president's... it's weird. Like the president's just giving a speech, like to try and win himself some election points. Yeah, that's what's happening. And like that, that would be breaking news all over if like cities are falling, like yeah. the world is literally falling apart right now, and nobody in that entire room of you know probably thousands of people in that arena. Nobody's looked at their phones. No, nobody's acknowledging it. Like, He's not, it, not acknowledging it. it, it. It's, it's not a Beyonce concert. Like no. people are going to be, like, <laughs> people are going to be like live tweeting like what the president is saying and stuff. The, the internet is going to be a thing right there. Oh, I wish Beyonce had cameoed in this. <laughs> <laughs> 
the president is at a Beyonce concert. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre because he doesn't acknowledge it at all. Like, yeah, it's like it's not really happening. Like, the the mar- I kept thinking like that the economy, the markets will be crashing. Like cities are falling. It's, mm. No, it's just not happening. He just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so initially they think they need to get the kill codes from the president because he has the authority. It's like the new clip button. Yeah. He's the only man alive who has the authority to shut down Dutch Boy. Mm-hmm. So then Max, the younger brother, kind of confronts Ed Harris and says, look, we need to get the kill codes on the president. Mm-hmm. And Ed Harris says, the president is the kill code. Mm. There are no codes. It's his fingerprints and his, his retina scans. Yeah. So then him and his girlfriend conspire to kidnap the presidents, mm-hmm. which they do with remarkable ease. Yeah. So him and his girlfriend, they kidnap the president, and they so they're running away from Ed Harris and all his goons and stuff mm. in Orlando, Florida, I think they're in. Uh, maybe, yeah. At, some, at the Democratic National Convention or something. Mm. So they're running away from the, all the Secret Service people and also then the geostorm or the natural disaster hits Florida in the form of a giant lightning storm. So mm-hmm. there's just lightning striking every, 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 yeah. every second everywhere. Yeah, which... It never seems to strike any of the cars, no. which I was thinking, like, why are you getting a self-driving electric car? That yeah, does not seem like the right idea. Conducting the electricity, yeah. Yeah. So they get away in a self-driving electric car, mm-hmm. this little dinky little thing with the president. Yeah. And they kind of explain to the president what the situation is. Because initially they thought that he, the president might be the one who's behind all this, but it sounds like he's not. No. He's, he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ed Harris is in pursuit. He Ed Harris manages to get ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And just has a rocket launcher in his guitar. Just in his guitar, has a rocket launcher. <laughs> he has a rocket launcher in his car, mm. just in case this scenario happens to happen. Mm-hmm. So he's like waiting with his bodyguard to kind of blow up the president with his rocket launcher. Yeah, they're waiting at the, on the freeway. The electric car comes speeding through. The mm-hmm. rocket launcher gets fired. Boom! Oh no, the president's been blown up. Mm-hmm. Except he hasn't been because mm-hmm. he got out. And yeah. they, they all got out and they jumped for them from behind. Yeah, where did they come from? I, I really don't know. I Where don't, the hell do they... I don't go? understand any of the logistics here. <laughs> because, like, yeah, like the, the electric car was ahead of Ed Harris. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly Ed Harris was ahead of the electric car, significantly so. Mm-hmm. And then also they managed to get there on foot yeah. as well to be, you know, behind him when the car comes through. So he, Ed Harris must have overtaken the car, you know, when they stopped to all get out. He must yeah. have overtaken the car and somehow thought that he hadn't overtaken the car despite not seeing it. Mm-hmm. stopped en- enough to you know wait for the car wait for them to actually walk past in the darkness and then the car drives through because uh, I guess they have a remote control for the car I guess they, they must unless they just put like a brick on the accelerator or something like, yeah but, and then what like ran faster than the car to get behind him apparently so I mean she's in the secret <laughs> service maybe she's in really exceptionally good shape that woman I don't know yeah I, I don't know like none, none of it made any sense it was Truly bizarre. So they arrest Ed Harris and then they stop for a minute to let him have his evil monologue so they can explain what the hell his plan was. Mm-hmm. And his plan was that he wanted to destroy the world so that America... He objected to the fact that Dutch Boy was being handed to an international delegation. So he mm-hmm. wanted to destroy the world so America would remain in control. Mm-hmm. Also make sure that the president died and everyone else in, in politics died. Mm-hmm. Which he succeeded in doing. They, he blows up the Democratic National Convention. So mm-hmm. the entire government is gone now. Mm. Well, I mean... The whole government wouldn't be there. No, but a lot of delegates have have been killed, clearly. His idea was that he would then be the last man standing. Mm -hmm. Seemed like a short-sighted plan. It did, didn't it? First of all, again, he's going to wreck the economy. I keep going back to that. He's going to wreck the economy. You talk about the economy a lot in this. But in this film, like, I just... How is that the priority? (laughs) It is if, if, like, you know, if cities fall and, like, governments collapse, then there's going to be a massive recession. Well, yeah, but, like, people... People too, I'm just saying, but, you know, (laughs) also with the economy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, okay. It's it's all show, showing you true colours here, no, it's John. it's all connected. 
Yeah, I know it is. I'm thinking from but Ed like, Harris's perspective. That's not the priority. He doesn't care about people. I'm thinking from his perspective. Mm. So anyway, Ed Harris is the villain. He gets a good old punch from the Younger River. Mm-hmm. And he gets taken away, I guess. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back in space, somebody has hacked in and... I guess it must have been Robert Sheeran, I guess. Mm. And initiated the self-destruct system. Mm-hmm. Which cannot be reversed. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. That seems reasonable. Mm. So the entire crew needs to get evacuated. And like, I liked the bit when they like, somebody said, why did you build this with a self-destruct system? Yeah. And he's like, in case it falls to Earth. It's like, how is that going to happen? When is that going to happen? Why is that going to happen? And if it does, it'll just burn up in the atmosphere. Yeah. That's how uncontrolled things fall to Earth. They just burn up. Yep. It's like someone in the writer's room was like, guys, I found the one plot hole in this yeah. movie. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just throw in a line of dialogue. Let's get this squared off, shall mm-hmm. we? Yeah. Uh, so he needs to... Also, it's a self-destruct system that has stages. Yeah. Like, it starts blowing up just little bits at a time as opposed to just blow the ship up. Yeah. It's a very action movie self-destruct system. It's mm. like, we're going to give you all the time in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the, so the president back down on Earth has keyed in his codes. Gerard Butler now has the permissions he needs to reset the system, but he needs mm-hmm. to do that manually because everything in this universe has to happen manually. Yep. Pull of a lever. Yep. So all the rest of the crew gets evacuated. He tells Usa to get on the shuttle and get out of here. He has a, an emotional farewell with his brother mm-hmm. over a video call. Mm-hmm. And then he has to go and shut down the system, knowing full well that he's not going to have time to escape and he's going to get blown up and killed. Yeah. So he's sacrificing himself yep. to save the planet. Yep. Meanwhile, we're still seeing the, the world is completely on fire. You mentioned like there's a tidal wave engulfing Dubai. Mm-hmm. In Russia, St. Petersburg just gets set on fire. Mm-hmm. Millions and millions of people are dying as we watch mm-hmm. all this. So, yeah, Gerard Butler goes running around the spaceship to try and find the shutdown. He keys in the wrong code to the door. It's, it looks like all's lost. And then Uta just comes out of nowhere. Because mm-hmm. she, she's like, surprise, I didn't leave. Because <laughs> like, well, she knows the shit better than him because she's yeah. been on it for three years. Remember, I live here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like she's changed everything, essentially. She, she's redecorated. She's yeah. totally thrown off the feng shui. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she's switched the server room to a storage room that's mm-hmm. just across the corridor. Yeah. No isn't reason that just as to like why. A woman, when you put a woman in charge, it is, isn't it? They just make, make, make everything the way that they want it to be. Yeah, it's just because you just shouldn't put a woman in charge of a space station. It's a no. Bad idea. You just shouldn't put a woman in space. Just well, true. Yeah, never works that well. Doesn't belong to them. No, nope. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hey, that's our thing. Women, it's ours. <laughs> we got there first. Yeah, uh, it's first man on the moon, not first yeah. person on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Small step for man. Yeah. Giant leap for mankind. Yeah. So, anyway, they manage to shut down the system with mere seconds to spare. The world is saved and the station blows up. And they manage to hitch a ride on a damaged satellite, I think. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they manage to ride the satellite to safety. They get rescued by the Mexican guy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, happily ever after. It's a happy ending for all. Yeah. They go back down to Earth. Apart from the millions of people who were killed. Apart from the millions of our millions, if not billions of people who've died. Yeah. Yeah, the brothers get reunited. They go fishing with the awful daughter. And we get another monologue at the end saying that a Dutch boy got put in the hands of an international committee and mm-hmm. it was all cooperative and everything was fine. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's the end of the film. Yes. What a load of nonsense. <sighs> yeah, my God. That's <laughs> right, John, three more weeks. Mm-hmm. That's what you get for doing Glenn Close. You can't undo the past. All you can do is face what's ahead. NASA maintained the satellites while we rebuilt the space station. We made it safer made it stronger. It belongs to all of us now. One planet, one people. And as long as we remember that we share one future, we will survive. 
Okay, so drinking games. My first one is drink for any on-screen landmarks. Oh, okay. What do what do we? I, I feel like this film didn't go too all in on the obvious. I don't feel like no, we saw Eiffel Tower like, or Statue of Liberty didn't get like taken by a tsunami, which happened in pretty much every film. Yeah, I didn't see the Statue of Liberty. I didn't see Eiffel Tower. I didn't see Big Ben. No, you do get the, quite restrained. You do get the Burj Khalifa in there. The what? The, the tallest building in the world, the Burj Khalifa. Oh, okay, sure. In Dubai. Oh, yes. You get that, and you know what? Maybe that's it. I haven't thought this through. No, I was thinking, like, as it's, what I, it's what I expect from a disaster movie, but mm. that's the one area in which this film was somewhat restrained. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's Yours... a, not a very fruitful drinking game. There was a couple in Shanghai, actually. But yeah, carry on. Sure. Um, well, I, I first one, just drink every time you hear the phrase Dutch boy. Fair enough. I've kind of got that too, uh, in a different way. Drink any time anybody refers to the spaceships by gender. Oh, okay, sure. So there's Dutch boy, but also, despite it being called Dutch boy... Jake always refers to it as old girl. Old girl, sure. Don't really know why. How old is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've established not so old, like yeah. three years, five years. Yeah, like know. he's younger than him, and you yeah. know, does he consider himself to be old? Everyone else seems to, because yeah. of that weird monologue <laughs> from the Mexican guy. Yeah, true, it? true. <laughs> Yours? Uh, well, drink every time anyone says the phrase Geostorm. Mm-hmm, certainly. Maybe certainly. laugh. I really loved all the stuff on the computer. Like times, it had a great, it had a classic like action movie countdown, mm. like for ninety minutes of Geostorm. Mm-hmm. But it also had in the corner it said category level Geostorm. Yeah, <laughs> yep, it's great. Drink for every new type of disaster. Okay, yeah. Drink every time Gerard Butler and his brother sort out family shit when there's much more important stuff to be doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So many scenes when it's like the world is on fire and they're just like, oh, you never liked me, I never trust you. And mm. It's like, guys, now's not the time. Mm-hmm. See a therapist when this is all over. Yeah. 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 Uh, drink for bad accents. Oh, yeah. What did you notice? Well, there's Robert Sheehan. There's mm-hmm. German accent. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple more up, up on the space station. I don't think the Mexican guy quite quite fitted very well. I felt it was weird that Gerard Butler and his brother had entirely different accents. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. Drink every time people run from weather. Yep. And double drink if it's in a bikini. Yep. Sure. <laughs> very good. Uh, drink for every scientific inaccuracy. Okay. Drink every time a non-white person dies. Sure, yeah. Uh, my next one is drink for every on-screen death. Sure, yeah. But yeah, I noticed that a lot of the people who died were not white. Yeah. It was like, yeah, everyone who died was like Afghans and people from Dubai, people from China, or, mm-hmm. you know. The main victims of this film were non-white people and beach bums. Well, there's probably a reason for that, actually. It's because Ed Harris didn't want to kill all the white people. That's fair, yeah. Okay. Probably. Just because yeah. it was notable. Mm, yeah. And that's all I've got. Okay. A couple more. Drink for location changes. Mm-hmm. And finally, drink for product placement. Very good. Yeah. Very good. This isn't a Chromebook. You don't just put your finger on the power button. You need the kill codes. Right. Last thing before we uh, actually pitch our sequel ideas. Just want to let you listeners know that we're available on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash set, you can support us for as much or as little as you like. If you've enjoyed you know, listening to us, then we'd appreciate it. And in return for you, you get a second episode of Beyond the Box Set every single week Mm -hmm. where we review cinema releases. We're quite excited for tonight's cinema viewing is going to be on Ma, Mm -hmm. set to be Octavia Spencer's best film in John's opinion. I mean, there's no question. (laughs) I'm already prepared. I'm only prepared to love it. Mm, Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we... uh, just review them, throw them out every single week. Um, also, if you become a Patreon, you get to have a 30-second advert on the main show every month. 
Mm-hmm. One per month per Patreon. That sounds pretty fair. Yeah. You can advertise anything you like. It can be your own podcast, your own business, or just anything you fancy talking about for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Let your voice be heard. Yeah. And finally, uh, once every month, we also try and invite a Patreon on to do an episode on the show. Yes. Uh, this can be on any film you want, ideally a film without a sequel, because then we'll do it on the main show rather than the uh, the bonus show. Uh-huh. Um, but you can come on the show if you want. Or you can Skype in, or if you don't want to, then we'll just do it for you. Sure. So all that's available at patreon.com slash set. Indeed. I love to listen to podcasts on my journeys to and from work. Are there any you can recommend? Well, actually, Chris, funny you should ask. There's one I'd love to listen to that's called Ask Karen. <laughs> Turned left and went in the shop next door. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly did. And it was, I was going to Specsavers. Literally should have gone to Specsavers. I'm guessing I can find it just by searching Ask Karen on any good podcast app. Yes, that's right, Chris. So join me and Karen on our potentially award-winning podcast, Ask Karen. All right, now, sequels. Great. So, mine it has not got a title as yet, but maybe you'll think of something, I don't know. Okay. So, four years after the events of the original. Sure. Dutch Boy has now been fully handed over to the UN or whatever, and a new international space station has been built. Okay. Jake Lawson, mm-hmm. so that's Gerald Butler, yep. has been granted his job back as chief commander of Dutch Boy, granting him full control of the entire system. Seems fair. Yeah. Um, his brother Max has now been given Ed Harris's old job as Secretary of State. Okay. Again, seems fair. Yeah. Never knew what he did before, so... No, that's yeah. fair. Now something. President Garcia is still in office. Wow. Um, How long has it been? Sorry, did you say... Four years. Four years. Okay, that's um, after reasonable. after winning what people believe to be an unwinnable election, <laughs> um, he promised that his entire term would be about fixing the damage done to the world by Ed Harris through a lot of foreign aid. Yeah, I did think about this. Like, how is he going to win an election after this? When basically he's going to have to tell the rest of the world, "Well, I know you've all lost millions and millions of lives, and your economies are shattered and stuff." Mm. But you know, whoopsie, our Secretary of State got a bit trigger happy. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, our bad. <laughs> no way he's winning another election, but we'll buy it. Well, anyway. Okay. Um, so his term in presidency has gone very well. Okay. He's fulfilled his promise. The world is seemingly, you know, back to normal. It's a complete peace now that everyone's come together. Um, and have also all disarmed all their nuclear weapons because everybody's an ally now. Oh, it sounds positively heavenly. Because everybody, everybody was very united against Ed Harris. Yeah. And, and so, you know, now it's all just been fixing and repairing and everybody's friends. Good. Well, what a lovely thought. Yeah. For now. Oh, oh Okay. Uh, well, anyway, so Secretary Max is in a position, Max Lawson, is in a position where he knows about all top-level government secrets and stuff, which is great. So, you know, plenty of different codes and stuff that he has to learn. Okay, yeah. And at one point, they get an urgent call from NASA, which explains that they have found a meteor the size of the moon, which is on a collision trajectory to Earth. Oh, wow, okay. This sounds somewhat familiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the meteor will pass by Earth in two days' time, missing Earth. It will slingshot around the sun and then return to Earth with an extremely likely chance of colliding. Okay. So Max Lawson and President Garcia, they have an urgent call with the UN to discuss the matter and look at possible options. Mm-hmm. They come up with two options. Okay. They discuss rebuilding their nuclear weapons, which of course they disarmed right. um, a few years ago. They discuss rebuilding the nuclear weapons and firing them at the meteor or sending a series of spacecraft to try and knock the meteor, meteor off course. Okay. The scientists believe that both would be somewhat unsuccessful sure um, but there aren't really any better options so the UN decide to go with the nuclear option just you know best chances uh, which given the time it takes to build working nukes it will take them most of the time that they've got 
Mm-hmm. It's about two weeks until the meteor hits. It'll take them about that time to build the nukes. That's optimistic, I think. To build nukes from scratch, <clears throat> two weeks. Mm. Okay. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I don't know either, but no. I assume it takes longer, but sure. I dread to think it only takes like two weeks to put together a full nuclear arsenal, but why? <laughs> so what you're saying is they've got like a one shot at this kind of situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. And they've got very little wiggle room, no plan B. And the UN obviously decide to keep this a secret from the public to try and prevent, you know, unnecessary rioting and anarchy. Sure, yeah. Which is fair enough. So Max Lawson takes it upon himself to give his brother a call okay. and tell him a long, long, boring story about fishing, <laughs> um, which translates to pretty much what I've just said. Oh, so they're doing it in code again? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so then Gerard Butler, he goes against orders and communicates this to his crew and gives them the intent of his plan. But first he shuts down all the thermal communications so they don't leak it out. And also NASA can't control the ship remotely. Sure. So he sends the order through to his crew that they are going to hijack all of Dutch Boy, including all the satellites around the Earth, mm-hmm. and they're going to take it to rendezvous with the meteor as it passes by. Okay. So in an act that will surely lose him his job permanently, and likely get him locked up for years, he sends the instruction through to all the satellites that are supposed to be monitoring the extreme weather and you know controlling it, uh, that they need to initialise their boosters and break Earth orbit and leave the planet. Mm. So this can be a great special effect. Very as great as the special effects in this film? Yeah. Okay. Better. Better, you'd hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so cut to a couple of days later, President Garcia is pretty pissed off with Max mm-hmm. because obviously he's he's leaked that info to his brother. That's, you know, become obvious for mm. reasons. And, uh, you know, now they they don't have Dutch Boy anymore. The weather could do anything in the next two weeks. No, right, sure. It's very risky. And so Gerard Butler has turned his communication back on so that he can use NASA's resources to communicate what he should do. So, it's it's beyond the point where NASA can turn him around, but still at the point where he can communicate with them, so that they can be like, oh well, you need to, you know, make this kind of a storm on the on this part of the meteor. Mm-hmm. So that's what they do. They approach the meteor, surround it with satellites, and cause a geostorm. Oh dear! On the meteor, a deliberate geostorm. A deliberate geostorm. Oh, okay. Their aim is to try and make the meteor as unstable as possible, so that severe weather effects like volcanoes and earthquakes and stuff like that break the meteor apart completely. Do meteors have, like, fault lines and stuff that would... Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, sure, I'm, asking, look, I'm not trying to be scientifically accurate I'm asking science here. questions, and this film clearly did not have any interest in answering them. So yeah, I've, I've, I've thrown all my known science out of the window for this. I think that's probably wise. Okay, continue. Yeah, so the aim is for the meteor to break apart and miss Earth completely. Okay. Which could happen, in theory. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're making all these storms and have created the geostorm, uh, they haven't thought about any external energies to this. And if you remember, the meteor is going to slingshot past the sun. Oh, yes. So it's actually going to get closer to the sun than even Mercury, which is the closest planet in our solar system. Mm-hmm. The day that they do pass the sun very close, there's nothing that they can really do to stop the extreme heat that's bearing down on all their satellites. So they manoeuvre their own ship, the ISS, so it's just always in the shade Okay. behind the meteor. Which does mean that they lose contact with the satellites on the sunny side. Okay. They do so. And even in the shade, the radiation from the sun is still heating up their, sh- their ship to near lethal levels. Cut back to Earth. All hell is breaking loose. Word of, of Earth's impending doom has broken out globally. Mm-hmm. Um, and as predicted, anarchy has come out everywhere. Mm-hmm. And also, because they don't have Dutch Boy anymore, storms are getting much more intense okay. everywhere. So not only is there anarchy... A, extreme demand on emergency services but the weather has gone to shit as well sure so you know everybody's holidays are ruined oh no yeah that's the real problem here yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, 90% of countries have declared a state of emergency and are trying to enforce a curfew. But the government's main priorities all over the world are just creating nuclear weapons. Okay, sure. Which, you know, is, is, is politically questionable. Mm-hmm. And but everyone's working together on this. Yeah. yeah. Everybody who's not, you know, stealing tellies. Sure, yeah. No, I mean, the governments are all working together. To yeah, 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 pretty, pretty much. They're all working with the assumption that Dutch boy is going to fail and the meteor will still be on course, which mm-hmm. sounds fair. Yeah. So, cut back to space. And they are now past the sun. They're on their return journey to Earth. They lost about a third of their satellites mm-hmm. in the heat of the sun. So, the intensity of storms that they can create is now a bit less. Mm-hmm. Isn't very good. And the next few days of the journey back to Earth are consisting of repairs to satellites, which is quite dangerous because whenever somebody's out there repairing a satellite... If the meteor were to like have a, an eruption, then they'd probably die. Yeah. So there's heroes risking their lives all the time. Okay, now cut to the final day before the meteor hits, as the countdown hits 24 hours. Okay. The UN orders the nuclear attack on the meteor, knowing full well that it will destroy Dutch Boy and her crew, and also may not even work. Okay. Oh, so, okay, so they're sacrificing themselves. Well, so this this is on Earth. The UN have said, fire okay. all the nukes. Oh, like, that's, so Gerald we, Butler like, doesn't like, know this like, is like, what's happening. We know that Gerald Butler's up there yeah. and, and his crew, they're, try, they're doing their best, but it's likely they're not, they're not going to be able to do it, so we've got to do that and better sacrifice Gerald Butler than everybody else. Sure, yeah, fair. So the missile will take a few hours to reach the meteor and it will meet approximately 30 minutes before the final breakpoint. Okay. The final breakpoint is the distance to Earth in which even if the meteor were to break, it would still hit. I see, okay. So Gerald Butler decides to save his crew and departs the meteor with the satellites, or as many as he can, in time to avoid the nuclear attack. Okay. The nukes hit. The meteor is seemingly undamaged. Which, oh no. Shit. Um, however, scans do show a weak point where a lot of nukes hit, which happens to be on the side that passed the sun. So Gerald Butler manoeuvres all the satellites to above that point and makes one concentrated storm. Mm-hmm. Big special effects. Nice, yeah. So he's basically controlling the weather in this... For the meteor, yeah. For the meteor, okay. I like Pretty it. much. I like this idea of him, like, because you never really saw that particularly. You saw, like, the weather and you saw, like, people on the spaceship. I like mm. the idea of having, like, some, like, mad scientist who's literally, like, cloud busting, like, controlling the weather. Oh, yeah. That'd be yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's this extremely concentrated storm above that point, And he does so for quite some time until the breakpoint countdown is closing in. Uh, the storm is successful and breaks the meteor in two. Three seconds before the breakpoint. Wow. Nice. That's nice. good. Nice. Are we going to have like a countdown timer that literally freezes at three seconds? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And well, that's, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, and then I guess that the, the world needs to kind of repair itself again from all its anarchy and, and stuff. So does Gerard Butler die? No, no, no. He's, he's, he's fine. Okay. Um, probably lost all the satellites, though. Sure, yeah. So they need to rebuild Dutch Boy again. <laughs> yeah. Um, <in laughs> I like the-, the idea that he's like, oh, God, not again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, probably not with him because he kind of caused all this. Although he did save the entire planet, True. he did cause a lot of storms and thousands of people are probably dead. True. So what happened to the... The, the meteor blew up. Um, what about the debris from the meteor? Did it just burn up in the atmosphere? Uh, a few little bits of it did, but just like a couple of bits just were com- completely off course and just missed Earth. Okay, cool. Maybe they hit Mars or something. I don't know. No, I like that. I think that works. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the idea of them putting more direct control of the weather and like changing it so using the weather against a meteor. I think that's... Mm. 
I'm not sure how scientifically accurate that is, but <laughs> I like it as a concept. Well, yeah, I'm not sure if meteors have tectonic plates, if they have, you know, magma it, uh, in the middle, or even if they have an atmosphere, which you'd need to cause a storm. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure they don't have any of those things, but let's just move past that. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you've really besmirched what is a very serious and science-minded original film, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll move past that. Yeah. Okay, what do you say the title was for that? I didn't have one. Oh, okay, fine. So, might look like I do have a title, but I'll, I'll work up to it. So, my t- my sequel is set uh, 20 years later, after okay. the events of the original film. Okay. So, the year is 2034, maybe? Nah. So, who knows? This was a question. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And it centers on the daughter, Hannah. Mm. Considering, I, know, I didn't like it very much, mm-hmm. but she did have the opening and closing monologues. So, I was like, she must have some kind of meaning in this film. Sure. So, the daughter of Gerard Butler's character, Jake Lawson... She's now all grown up. You know, she's in her late 30s, early 40s or whatever. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, she's going to be played by Jessica Chastain. Because, <laughs> you know, I was thinking Interstellar. <laughs> yep, yeah. yep, yep, that works. Anyway, since the International Committee took control of Dutch Boy, stability has been restored. Uh, and she's actually followed her father into the engineering business. Mm-hmm. So much so that she actually works on Dutch Boy to make improvements to the system that don't just help to prevent more natural disasters... But they also actually optimise the climate to help promote growth and restore the planet to its former glory. Mm-hmm. So they're now actually doing it. It's now been set up in such a way that they can make the environment perfect so that deserts become like forests. So like just make the planet as green. It's helping the planet to recover from years and years and centuries and centuries of man-made mm-hmm. pollution and stuff. So it's making making everywhere like, you know, rainforests and greenery and lovely, you know. Yeah, repair sure. basically. Yeah, that works. Yeah, so she's doing that, and she spends most of her time on the space station itself, overseeing all of this because it's kind of her passion project. Mm. Uh, but this film's going to open with her going back down to Earth to visit her family for Thanksgiving. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so she's kind of a workaholic. She doesn't spend a lot of time with her loved ones. So we're going to open with one of those video calls, like we had in the original film, where she's going to have a video call with her dad, Gerard Butler, who's going to be in like heavy old age makeup now because he's like twenty years older. Mm-hmm. Maybe just a bit of elegant grey in his hair and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, no. Well, or they can make him look like a proper old crone because, like, I'd like it if he looks exactly the same, but just the jokes about his age are even actually, worse. yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he has actually, <laughs> right, you, you forget it. There's no prosthetics, he looks exactly the same. But the first thing she's gonna say is, Oh my god, dad, you look terrible, you've aged yeah. so poorly. Yeah, what have you been doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she has a, a video called Gerard Butler, and he, he says something along the lines of, You know, you've not had a, ho- had a holiday in months, come down and see the family, come mm-hmm. on. And so he kind of emotionally blackmails her into reluctantly going back down to Earth to visit the family. And so she leaves her second in command, a guy called Tice, mm-hmm. in charge of the ship. Mm. In charge of the station, I should say. Okay. So back down on Earth, she reunites with the family. So we have Gerard Butler, Jake. His now wife, Uta. Mm-hmm. Turns out they got married. Good. Great, yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, her uncle, Max. His wife, Sarah, the Secret Service lady. Mm-hmm. And their three teenage children. Okay. So we've got a whole... Nice big family. Whole cast, yeah. Yeah. So they're settling down for a Thanksgiving dinner and kind of catching up and stuff. And Jake, Gerard Butler's kind of like, you know, asking loads of questions about how the Dutch boy's doing. You know, he can't kind of keep his mind off it because it's mm. his baby. So mm-hmm. even she's like, Dad, it's my responsibility now. You need to just enjoy your retirement, but you just can't. Yeah. So they're having all that happen. So And as they're settling down for dinner, suddenly a news flash, a breaking news comes up on their hollow pads or whatever it is that they're watching TV on these days. <laughs> eyelids. Eyelids. Yeah, on the, on the backs of their eyelids. Yeah. yeah. So this breaking news flashes up and basically what's happened is for the first time in over a decade, an extreme weather event has caused a tsunami off the coast of Mexico. Mm. So then they're kind of concerned and more breaking news follows. Water levels are rising rapidly across the world. Major floods are wreaking havoc on coastal cities and 
just generally natural disasters are happening left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. So Hannah races to the phone, or whatever the phone equivalent might be, mm-hmm. uh, to get a status update, but she can't seem to contact Tice on the station. Mm-hmm. Like, all, all communications are down. Uncle Max, who still has connections with the US government, manages to get an update from the White House. And it turns out that all communication with Dutch Boy has been lost. Mm-hmm. And somebody is manipulating the system to pump huge amounts of methane gas into the atmosphere, causing the polar ice caps to melt and the planet to warm up at an alarming speed. Wow, okay. And this is going to cut to our title of this film, which is Geostorm 2, Dutch Oven. Because, <laughs> you know, lots, <laughs> lots of methane. Yeah, farting, right, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Very good, John, very good. I had to go there. I couldn't not go there. <laughs> so anyway, the point of the sequel really is to actually have the action happen on the ground rather than in space. Okay. Because that was a big disappointment with this film for me. None of the family members were really caught up too much in the climate change nonsense. Like even the little, you'd think the little girl, maybe maybe you need to rescue her, but all it does mm. is cut to her in, in a hotel room. And it's like, oh, she's fine. She's not in, in, in the danger zone. Yeah, and everybody seemed to be all right. No, it, it, it was a, lack, a weird lack of tension. I was mm-hmm. curious. So in this version, we're going to just have more on-the-ground action. Mm-hmm. So basically what happens is Jake and Hannah, as the two people who know Dutch Boy the best, they need to get to the nearest space station so that they can jet up to Dutch Boy and figure out what's going wrong. Yeah. So they dive into a car and the whole family sets off to the nearest space station, mm-hmm. which isn't too far because, you know, we're living in the future and there's, it's basically like tube stops. There's, there's space stations in many places mm-hmm. at this point. Unfortunately, the family home happens to be located near some fault lines and the rise in methane causes a massive earthquake. Oh, shit. So now we're going to get lots of classic earthquake action, you know. They're going to be driving through falling buildings and stuff, you know, driving past them. Mm-hmm. There's going to be giant cracks appearing in the ground that everyone has to kind of outrun before they fall in and die. Mm-hmm. Classic. Loads of, a lot of CGI extras are going to die. Great. <laughs> Maybe at some point we're going to lose someone. Let's say Uncle Max sacrifices himself to save one of his kids, because he seems disposable in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so they survived the earthquake. But the car is destroyed in the process. Mm. And now they're forced to travel on foot to get over a large mountain on the other side of which is the nearest space station. Mm-hmm. They're making good speed when suddenly the ground starts rumbling again. Sure. So someone, let's say Uta, just says, what's happening? And then, would you like to be Hannah or Jake? Oh, Jake, please. Okay. So I'll be Hannah. There's mm. only a small bit of dialogue here. I don't understand. We should be clear of the earthquake radius by now. That's no earthquake. It's the mountain. Back in the day, that was an active volcano. But that's impossible. Mount MacGuffin's been dormant for over 10,000 years. <laughs> Tell that to the lava. So now the movie's about to become Dante's Peak. <laughs> Mount MacGuffin. Mount MacGuffin. <laughs> <laughs> so now the movie's becoming... Da- we didn't really see any volcanoes in, in Geostorm. That's a good point, yeah. So I want to bring in some volcanic action. Mm-hmm. So as the volcano explodes... The family must survive the falling rocks, lava, and panicked wildlife, mm-hmm. including rampaging bears and panicking deer. So, you know, it's going to be lots of animals running around, and it's just going to be chaos. Yeah, so, yeah. So, after another character death, let's say Uta, um, for no reason, they make it through the volcanic eruption, find an abandoned vehicle on the other side, and get to the space station, mm-hmm. where they manage to talk the scientists into an emergency launch to get Jake and Hannah onto Dutch Boy as soon as possible. Yeah. They somehow manage to board without being detected. We don't need to look too deeply into how they sure. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Science. No, yeah, fair. And discover that the entire crew has been murdered. Ooh. Yeah. So now the movie becomes Sunshine. So I'm just, I'm just really like, because I really felt like the original film was being lots of different sci-fi films. So yeah. the sequel's doing the same thing, just with some ones that weren't mentioned. Mm-hmm. So basically we've got Jake and Hannah and maybe some random red shirts. 
trying to evade capture while being stalked through the station by a mysterious killer, mm-hmm. who obviously has killed all the crew. Mm-hmm. In the end, the killer is unmasked. It turns out it's Hannah's loyal second-in-command, Tice. Shocker, I know. Mm. Uh, as his name suggests, Tice is in fact Dutch. <laughs> and years of Americans bastardising the beloved folk tales of his people has driven him <laughs> apocalyptically mad. So much, so much so that he was driven to destroy the world to get revenge. Right, okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so there's going to be a big old fight, lots of big old hand-to-hand fisticles with old Gerard Butler and Tice, mm-hmm. who I think can be played by uh, Nikolai Foster Waldo, who plays... Mm. Jamie Lannister. Mm-hmm. He's Danish, not Dutch, but you know. Yeah, whatever that works. Same, same, same. Yeah. It's a big old fight. Ultimately, they manage to defeat him and he gets blasted out into space where he freezes and dies. Great. Yeah. The classic villain ending. Mm-hmm. Leaving Hannah and Jake to race against time to reset the system once again and save the day. Mm-hmm. Which they manage to do. You know, they manage to save the day. No self-destruct this time. It's all good. So they end up saving the planet and then they get a video call from the President of the United States mm. who congratulates them for their heroism. And he says, thanks to you, billions of lives have been saved. Unfortunately, though, millions did die. Most tragically of all, the Netherlands was completely wiped out in the flooding. <laughs> and Hannah and Jake exchange a knowing look and say, well, it's not the worst that could have happened. And they laugh and they high five. And there's a freeze frame of the family reunited. And then the credits roll. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well, I just thought it was in keeping, you know. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, that was my sequel. Should we get to some listener submissions? Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I've got one here from uh, Paul Spooner. Um, he said, Geostorm 2 being Gerald Butler. Not sure if he means Gerard Butler, but he I'm said guessing. Gerald Butler. So. Who's Gerald Butler? I don't know. The 2017 film Geostorm has made enough money in the ancillary market to make a sequel profitable. So, under contract, the actor Gerald Butler. He must mean Gerard, shall I? Yeah. Must return. Now begins a heated legal battle for one man's freedom and his right to choose to appear in a sequel to a crappy disaster movie. Oh, I like it. Yeah, is that like, it's like a meta sequel about Gerard Butler's yeah. questionable career choices. Yeah. yeah okay. And name. And name, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and forgettable name. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, Ross Burton um, has said Geocano. Geocano? Mm-hmm. Oh, as in Volcano? I guess, yeah. Okay. Remus Stingasiu, I believe, um, has said. Geo- oh, that's all Ross had. Just Geocano. Yeah, that's okay, it, yeah. Fine. Oh, okay, um, okay, fine. So Remus Stingasiu, I think your name is, has said Geo Sharkstorm. Nice, okay, like Geo Sharknado, surely. I guess, yeah, it wouldn't have to be, but whatever. Um, okay, now uh, Mary Elizabeth Reed says, the next storm is not just worldwide, but universe-wide. There are asteroids or some space anomaly that threatens to destroy the universe. Possible titles, Unistorm or Space Storm. Nice. Yeah, with Gerard Butler at the helm, that, that would work. Yeah. Dan King has posted a photo of a car that says Geostorm Coupe. Oh yeah, it was a it was a brand of car apparently. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And last one I've got here, uh, Daniel Tickner says Captain Planet. Oh, okay. I guess. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, I mean that's essentially who Gerard Butler is in this film. He's Captain Planet. Yeah, pretty much. Saving the Gonna bring pollution down to zero. Yeah. He's a hero. <laughs> um, cool. I had a few as well. Yeah. Lee Herman said, I don't know about the sequel, but the third one has to be called Frio Storm. Ooh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Rob London said, when the weather satellites accidentally get turned around 180 degrees, it starts storming in space. <laughs> only, Gerard Butler can, <laughs> only Gerard Butler can save the ISS from Astrostorm. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Brandon Balch said, uh, there's already a sequel, it's called Waterworld. Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like, actually, I would like that. I would like a sequel mm. in which you just see the world very slowly rebuilding from this horrendous situation. Mm-hmm. 
Jose Martinez said, Geo Calm. It's a prequel. Okay, yeah. Calm Before the Storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Michael Schultz said, Geocache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, very good, very yeah. good. Uh, Neil Pfeiffer said, Geo Dude Storm. Okay. It's a Pokemon thing. Yeah. Ah, sure. Yeah. Scott Hartman said, Regular Storm. It's looking pretty bad outside. Maybe we should move this party indoors. <laughs> Jonathan Graziano said, Neo Storm. Just Keanu Reeves wreaking an equal amount of havoc on the city. <laughs> nice. Uh, Brian Markowski said, Geodorm. Gerard Butler goes to college and takes on those preppy frat boys who are all climate change deniers. Mm, sure, sure. Dorm, dorm room, yeah. Mm. Spencer Cop said, A devastating blizzard hits the city of Boston in the 1980s. While celebrating happy hour at his favourite bar, a man receives a call that his wife has gone into labour on the other side of town. With every road blocked by several feet of snow, our hero, with his mail carrier best friend as guide, mm. must trek across Boston to make it to the hospital on time or face the wrath of his dreaded wife, Vera. Coming this Christmas, Geonorm. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it's just like a normal average yep. Joe just you know, trying to survive the apocalypse. Yeah? Yep. Uh, and finally, at False Starts Pod, False Starts Podcast said, 90 minutes of a close-up shot of Jason Manzoukas from uh, How Did This Get Made? And mm. things, oh, yeah, yeah. Just shouting, Geostorm, down the lens. Because if you ever listened to their episode on this, his whole thing was just to shout Geostorm all the time. Right. He found it. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's like, yeah. I'm sure it's hilarious. It is. It's very good. <laughs> Not as good as our podcast, but, you know, our close second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second best Geostorm podcast there is. Yep. Uh, yeah, those are all the sequels I've got. So those are our sequels for Geostorm. Mm-hmm. If you have any sequel ideas for Geostorm or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available on all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, you name it, we're on it. If we're not on it, let us know. We will get on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter. And you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. And we are a proud member of the Paved Media Podcasting Network. Go to pavemedia.net to find out how we can help you to contact other podcasters and grow your audience. Mm. So, Harry, next week, it's your turn. Next Ooh, week, it is my turn. What yes. have you got for me? Okay, yeah. Um, next week, we are going to be doing a film. Which, you know, I don't actually think we've done anything with this actor yet. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And I'm very surprised at us that, okay. that we've not used this actor at all. It's an actor who has done many, many a different kind of film. Okay. Some are, you know, very normal kind of, you know, maybe Oscar-y kind of films. Some are the exact opposite. Okay. And he does everything and anything. Mm-hmm. Can you guess who it is? Is it Jake Gyllenhaal? No. Okay. The man is crazy. Well, crazy. We've done Tom Cruise. We've done Gary Oldman. Who else is insane? We've done Keanu, right? Man has done a film with Cher. Oh, Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Oh, have we really? We must have done a Nicolas Cage. I can't film. think of one that we've done. No, you know, I, I can't either. But Nicolas Cage has one hell of a library of films. He does, and that is a season. Sure. That yeah, that, that's that a season in itself. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, but, which of Nicolas Cage's many disaster movies are we doing? We are going to be doing a film called Knowing. Okay. Have you heard of it? The name rings a bell. I couldn't tell you a thing about it. Great. Okay. Well, go in blind. Don't look it up or anything. I mean, you'll you'll work out the premise fairly easily and quickly, but just... Yeah. Yeah, I think you'll have a really good time with this. Okay. I, I like so. how this has become like... You will have a lot to say about it. <laughs> I like how this has become like bad movie season, as well as disaster movie season. Yeah. <laughs> the, the movie's now disasters. Well, yeah. Great. Um, no, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm always I mean, excited for some Cage new... films aren't necessarily bad films. No. Wild at Heart, one of my favourite films of all time. Moonstruck, amazing. Yeah. There are many good Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah. Not, yeah, not to them yet. One yeah. day maybe we will. Okay, well, that sounds fun. Mm. I hope. 
join us next week, listeners, for knowing. Yeah, it should be a really good time. Yeah. Right, thank you, everybody, and see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. This isn't a Chromebook. You don't just put your finger on the power button. You need the kill codes.